0: Hi, everyone. This is Tim. Just a quick little note before we get started here on episode 22 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. If you download this podcast through Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. The more ratings and reviews we get, the higher we go up the ranking, easier for others to find us. And, of course, if you like this podcast, please recommend it to your family and friends. Once in a while, we'll say a four-letter word when we're in conversation talking about sports. So if that offends you. I just want to warn you about that occasion. And if you're in a work environment, you may want to put on a pair of earbuds or a headset to listen to tonight's podcast. Only happened a few times, but I just thought I'd give you a little heads up in case you were in a public place or a work environment. Hey, thanks again for the download. We look forward to talking to you soon. Right now, get ready for episode 22 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast, starting right now. (laughs) Welcome to episode 22 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. And we got a full house bringing in action here tonight. It's Matt Emch and Anthony Kepley, and your, yours truly, Tim Continental, bringing in today's uh, podcast here on Google Hangout. And it should be a great time. As we've seen a lot of great football uh, this weekend, both at the high school level at the collegiate level. Well, I won't get into the NFL yet because my team's still winless. Uh, Anthony's team doesn't play till Monday night,
1: and, and we get shut out again. Of
0: course, <laughs> and and Matt's team plays here in about twenty minutes, so. We got a lot to get to here in a quick bit amount of time. Start with this, Matt. You and I got to cover week 10 of the high school football season. And I said it in week one, and I'll say it again in week 10. Those are the fastest 10 weeks of the year. It's amazing that the high school football regular season is over. We're going to get into a lot of uh, the matchups is coming up as uh, we have all the playoff games coming on. And uh, we'll have an announcement on Z104's game of the week on Monday sports director Mark Means will make that announcement Monday on what game we're going to be covering locally but there's a lot of games now 18 teams from the valley made the playoffs this year what a nice showing from the Mahoning Valley
2: oh man Mahoning and Trumbull have really uh, you know our Tri County area has done a great job what a showing i mean they tied the record for most teams in history making the playoffs and you know you got to believe in my opinion that one of them will have luck like JFK did and and get a string together. And it wasn't luck. JFK pounded their way to the state championship. But, you know, I just have a feeling somebody's going to make it this year. I really do. We've got some really quality teams. you got Canfield, who I think is without a doubt one of the premier teams. I really personally, for me, Lakeview, I think they're going to go deep um, now that Mooney has qualified for the playoffs with their schedule and the way that schools like them and Ursula with those schedules, they're battle-hardened once the postseason gets there. So when they get to those other teams, you're in trouble. So um, there are some good schools that are in the playoffs. Um, I'm looking forward to it. But, yeah, we have had uh, the fastest football season for me ever, obviously because we called. That puts you in a different position to watch stuff. But, man, we lucked out. We had uh, the, the better, you know, season as in terms of good games, and we had another barn burner the other night.
0: I know there's no question. We had uh, 11 games this year on our regular season schedule, and I would definitely say seven of them were uh, terrific games uh, that we covered, and maybe one was mediocre, and the other two were, were your traditional games that you don't – you know, are blowouts. But overall, we had a, a great season. And, of course, Anthony came along majority of the season with us and helped us out in our appreciation to him. as yeah. uh, we will – I can say this. Chances are really good that we're going to have a playoff game on Z-104. But the best way to do that, again, is listen to Mark Means on Monday from 3 to 6 on 1240. forty. will have the announcement there of what games of the the Valley teams that qualify for the playoffs that we're going to cover. So it should be really interesting. Anthony, you weren't there this week. We missed you, but it was a a great game that we had uh, between
1: you. Yeah, from what I could hear on the radio at work, really high-powered offense. This is the first time I can remember in years that an Eiffel game goes nearly three and a half hours. But when Gerard's throwing it almost every down and, and Liberty's scoring fast to answer back, it's, it's no surprise. It, it, it didn't surprise me that Liberty had their way offensively. Gerard hadn't really been tested up to that point. They hadn't played a team with a winning record. And I had told a couple people close to me, and I think I, I mentioned to you, Tim, I was going to show why he's the best player in the area. And yeah, you know,
0: I agree with that on statement. and cramps.
1: I mean, what a warrior. What an absolute warrior. And Hagen and, I mean, just Brantley. And they keep coming and coming and coming at you. It's really fun to see Liberty back up near the top because for a couple of years there in the early 2000s, they had a lot of stud athletes. A lot of really good athletes that people don't really remember that went to Liberty. They had... Fitzgerald Toussaint, who went to Michigan. Lynn Bowden was there for a year or two. They got run out today. I hope and pray Bo Pelini can get a player of that caliber. Uh, to make plays i think both those teams should have good uh, good postseason showings
2: well my opinion um you know i had spoken on uh, my radio show on last tuesday just football with madamsha i gave my opinion about you know without insulting anybody about gerard's schedule um when you're number five in the state and you are you know, ranked that way, and you're undefeated, in my opinion, uh, that says quite a bit about your, your schedule, the teams you're playing. They got owned by Liberty. Liberty took it to them. They punched them in the mouth. Uh, when that happened, they responded by getting in fights. They had a player ejected. Um, there were more flags I have ever seen in a high school football game than I have ever seen period. Yeah, it, it was very telling. I am not trying to insult or, or be negative to anyone in Girard. I have very good friends who are coaches there. Nick Cochran and JT Doug Arbino, his son is, is on the team. I think they've got great talent, but if they don't change mentally before that first round of the playoffs, they're in big trouble. My opinion on Gerard or earlier in the week on my show, and I spoke to Mark about it too, you know, Gerard's a good football program. Uh, they deserve uh, to have recognition. Their kids have worked hard. Uh, they got to 9-0, and but as, uh, you know, I saw Anthony nodding his head when I was saying it, you're ranked number five in the state, but yet you're undefeated uh nine and oh that says a lot about the the quality of the teams that you're playing in um liberty as you and i knew and and, and anthony knew we'd seen them earlier in the season Dre rushton and the rest of the team uh there's too many to, to say things we'd say the whole roster they are a, a good team uh they're close-knit they've gotten better um They have not looked back since those first two losses. They've gotten significantly better week by week. They are playing excellent football. I would not doubt if they get deep in the playoffs. They punched Gerard in the mouth. Gerard was not ready for it. They responded by starting fights. There were more flags in that one game than you and I had all year, Tim. Um, A kid got ejected. Even the guy holding the darn sticks yeah. down and destined sticks got thrown out. He refused yeah, to change nice. the down marker. So uh, Gerard better change some stuff mentally before they hit hit round one or they're in big trouble.
1: From what I've All right.
2: Go ahead, Anthony.
1: I was talking to a friend of mine who's an official, um, and he had Gerard a couple of times earlier in the season in last year. And he said that Gerard is a very high-flying offensive team, but they are very undisciplined. And he threw a lot of flags against them, too. He said they just – everybody on that sideline just, you know, they don't know when to stop. And we've seen at every level, high school, college, and pro, that a sideline penalty can give you a chance from winning the game to a chance to losing the game. And it's boneheaded mistakes like that that you cannot – you can't give Dre Rushton and that offense any kind of field position because they will just pounce on it. Um, you, but a Liberty and Gerard are just two of the teams uh, that have a chance to win state. We have 18 teams who have a chance starting week 11. Um, Tim, I believe you have the brackets in front of you. Um, yeah. I, I do as well. Um, Here, let me do this. Let's, let's yeah. speed this up a little bit. Let me do this.
0: Uh, in division two, Bourbon will take on Maslin. Aurora will have Canfield in Division Three. Division Four, the one that we are all talking about mostly, is Salem at Steubenville, Struthers at Perry, Gerard at Lakeview, and Mooney at Poland. In Division Five, it is Crestview at South Range. And in Division Six is Columbiana at Rootstown and East Palestine at Moganor, Kirtland, which should be a great game and Western Reserve at Creston, Norway. Seven, there is, again, another four games playing. That's Matthews at Dalton, JFK at Cuyahoga Heights, and Valley Christian at East Canton, and Lisbon at Wyndham. That is the schedule next Friday night. Real quickly, I want to talk about this real quick and then get your both, uh, get, like, response to it. I'm disappointed in the OHSAA on one level, they made the change this year to go all Friday games versus having a split schedule on Fridays and Saturdays. That means less of these teams are going to get covered, both in the newspaper and on television. And it's disappointing on my level, being a broadcaster, that you know the opportunity to get two games in a week is now down to one game a week. And that means, in our, in our sense, uh, we get... Uh, company would have had a chance maybe to have four games. Now only has two games each week. And it's, just, it's I just find it disappointing. And I think it's, I know the thought process from the OSAA was basically uh, most people were staying home to watch primetime games on college level now that they're there on every Saturday night. I think it's kind of short sighted on their part and it's disappointing because I don't think it's going to increase revenues or uh, attendance on Friday night.
1: No, I think the attendance is going to really be uh, hurting because there are a lot of casual football fans, like a couple of people I know, um, that would like to go to the mooney Polling game, but they also want to go see Canfield, who's 10-0. Um, yeah, they're going up against Ohio State, and that's probably a big reason why. Uh, Dana Ball said earlier this week on Ryan Potesta's show, take it for what it's worth now, guys. Um, that the ohsaa is scared to step on ohio state's toes they don't want to they don't want to do anything to step on their toes let me
0: let me go one step farther here let me stop for a second and and tell you why that happens is a lot of them live in columbus and they mm -hmm. go to the ohio state game they don't want to go to a high school game matt what's your opinion on this
2: uh my opinion is i agree wholeheartedly with you tim about Everything you said about us not having the opportunity to cover more than one game a week, I think it takes away from those kids, everything that they've accomplished. Like you said, teams are not going to get covered. They're not going to get, you know, on the news or on, on TV. They're not going their parents aren't going to be able to hear them if they're at work on the radio. I think about when I was in high school going, we had our game and then we go scout the next team we were going to see in the following week in the playoffs on that Saturday. So I don't agree with it at all.
0: Uh, You know, it's disappointing, but they made that decision back in August and we'll see if they're right or if I'm wrong. I mean, long time. uh, We'll, we'll find out here in the next month as the uh, high school playoffs begin here on Friday night. Hey guys, let's play this for you. Let's do this right now. We'll play the uh, highlights from the Gerard game. The Gerrard-Liberty game. This is a montage. This is, as Anthony said, a three-and-a-half-hour game condensed to about seven minutes.
3: And coming from the two-yard line here for the Indians. They'll send two receivers down to the right, one to the left. Wade will bring. in motion. And he'll Me, junior, gets into the end zone on the quarterback draw. It's an onside kick, tip, the ball is loose, and it looks like Gerard, and has foul on it. He's not brought the hand toward the for Liberty. They went, I was shocked they
2: went for that onside kick. They had great faith in their team. Liberty did not expect that. Nine minutes
3: fifty-nine seconds here to play in the first quarter. Second possession of the ball game here for Gerard. Balls at midfield. Three receivers to Wade's left. Run to his right. He'll break the handoff as he goes back to pass. Wade's going to tuck it and keep. He's to the oh, 45, man. to the 40. On the left side, down to the 30, and wow. out of bounds around the 27-yard line. A nice 23-yard pickup by running our quarterback, Mark Wade. <laughs> Second down and nine ball at the 16-yard line. 7-0, Gerard leads. 8 minutes, 26 seconds here to play in the first quarter. This is the second possession. It started at the 50-yard line after an onside kick. The will bring... Someone emotional fly down the sidelines into this five-down touchdown Two receivers to the right one to the left as they move left to right on your radio dial in the backfield is Maddox they're gonna hand it off uh, to Campbell on the way Campbell to the 20 to the 10 to the 5 Campbell touchdowns Nice Quashawn Campbell on the end around for the down the 5'10", 160-pound senior with 6 minutes and 56 seconds here. And we are going to have a shootout here at Arrowhead Stadium here tonight. Yeah. As we have three touchdowns in less than six minutes of play. Big opportunity for the Liberty Leopards defense here to come up with a big play. Back to pass his Wade from the end zone. He moves to his right. He's in trouble, and he's going to go down. And the Bulls lose. They're going to have to call there's the flag. I think yeah. we're going to have to call this a safety. Well, Rushing will take the snap. We'll hand it off to Maddox. Maddox up the middle. To the 40, to the 35. Wow. He's down to, to, the wow. to the 10. He's knocked up at the 5-yard line. Go right, we'll we'll down that. and go from the 3-yard line. One receiver far to the right. Camel will join him on the right-hand side with one receiver to the left. Russian will hand it off to Maddox. Maddox goes up the middle. He gets close to the goal line. Looking for a single. Touchdown! Wow, that's huge huge. Ryan Maddox, the 5'8", 155-pound senior, goes to the three yards for the touchdown to tie this ball game up at 14 with nine fourteen here to play in the second quarter. Fourth down and goal from the one-yard line, 35 seconds here to play in the first half. George Wing formation. High snap on the end of the wing. Way gets it back. He's in trouble. He's gonna throw it in. Oh! going to throw it. It's all! The ownership over turn it back to the 30, to the 40, to the 50, to the 40. With the ball, oh! To the 20. Down, oh! Down at the 5. Oh! Oh! We got a big Foul. Tobias Brantley picks that ball off and takes it all the way back inside the five yard line with 17 seconds here to play as Wade was in trouble rolling to his right trying to get rid of the ball and Brantley steals the pass and takes it all the way down inside the five. 13 seconds here to play. Liberty comes to the field. Left hole at the five-yard line. They're going to have splits in the backfield, two receivers to the right, one to the left. To the left is Thomas. Rushed in shotgun takes it. He'll go up the middle, rushed it to the end zone, touchdown! They rushed it, goes left side on the left, half of the line, It gets into the end zone with nine seconds here to play to extend the lead to 21-14 for the Liberty Leopard. Trips to the left, single to the right. Maddox in the backfield. Quick throw out the camel. Campbell catches at the 47, crosses the 50, down to the 45, down to the 40, down to the 30, he's on the chest, down to the 20, and knocked out of bounds around the 17-yard line. A great pickup by Quay Campbell, the 5'10", 160-pound senior for the Liberty Leopards. Yeah, he threw
2: some nice moves, real quick jukes, and then he hit turbo boost, and he was gone. (laughs) 10 minutes, 14 seconds here to play in the third. Trips to
3: the right, single to the left shotgun here for Rushton. He's gonna fire it out and it'll be caught and it goes wow. to the five to attack. Touchdown. Capone Haywood jumps it for the other receiver and grabs it and it goes
2: into the end zone for the touchdown. Man, I wish everybody listening could have seen that touchdown. He was in full sprint, stole it from his teammate, and ran and scored. What? A, I don't think he's going to care.
3: That was beautiful. They will extend their lead out to 27-14. Three receivers, two receivers now out far to the right. Taking the snap, hand off to Maddox, fake to Maddox, keep by Russian. Russian goes to the corner. Uh, touchdown. touchdown, touchdown, yep, man, he's an athlete, receivers in pattern, back to pass his way, he's going to fire deep, has a man open, cut, going into the 10, to the 5, touchdown, Nick Moleto makes the touchdown, reception with 3-0-1 here to play in the third. Senior. They'll take the staff in shotgun and they'll run the wild.
0: Uh, they added the extra point, and it became a final score of 41-28. Uh, uh, really a fun game for these uh, two schools, but a, uh, a very important win for Liberty gets them in the playoffs. And I'll be honest with you, I think that for Gerard is something they needed because they haven't been challenged much all year. Now they have the opportunity to kind of grow as a team, see some mistakes on film, and try to clean it up as they got a big, big uh, – Challenge ahead of them in the Lakeview Bulldogs.
2: Well, you know it's no secret the way I feel about Lakeview. Everybody knows. I've been talking about them for for over a month. I think that the Pavlansky brothers from Canfield, Lakeview, if anybody doesn't know, their brothers, uh, head coaches, are doing an amazing job. I think Canfield and Lakeview are built to go deep into the playoffs. Lakeview. Uh, their quarterback, he's like six one, They've got great players. I think Gerard's in trouble with them. Um, the thing that's unfortunate for Gerard, in my opinion, is they found out late <laughs> week 10 that they, when they got punched in the mouth that they don't respond well with that. Uh, for them, if I was their head coach, I would have preferred to have that happen earlier in the season.
1: Yeah, that's what uh, – that's why teams like Urson and Mooney play the team, the schedules they do to get them ready for the postseason. Even JFK, too. I know Tim talked about it all year long, that it, if JK can find enough wins in that schedule to get into the playoffs, that's one team you don't want to see in Division Seven because they are playoff tested from last year, are the defending state champions, and they know how to respond to adversity. Um, You know, now part of it is the conference Gerrard's in. It's not very good, let's be honest. Um, So then that means your two or three non-conference games you do play, they have to be really good. They cannot be cupcake wins. Um, Maybe one, you get a cupcake to get guys some confidence early on. After that, you got to challenge yourselves. Um, I know Canfield – from what my cousin says, Coach Pav tries to schedule teams that are similar to the teams we'll see all season and teams that could see in the playoffs. Um, Gerard probably has their own way of scheduling. So I guess we'll find out. They don't get an easy matchup. Uh, for not one team, they only lost one game. They do not have an easy matchup in the first round.
0: Well, that's one of the beauties of the computer system. Yep is it rewards teams for a a tougher schedule and it rewards teams who play a team and defeat them and then go on to have a good season look sometimes your schedule is weaker than you anticipate either in conference or at a conference when you make the uh, the schedule you know we talked to the head coach of gerard before the game and he mentioned this is the same schedule basically they played the last three four years and you know maybe it's just a down year for some of these schools and you know maybe it's an up year for gerard it's a combination of both but i agree i think in the end uh you know he has something to build on this week and he has a huge challenge in front of him and uh, we wish him well and we wish uh, all, all our teams in the area well too because uh, we've seen lakeview early this year and we know how good they are and it's going to be interesting to watch them make their they're running a playoff too. That's going to be a great game between those two schools. Hey, guys, I know we're short on time tonight, so let me do this. You both were at the Notre Dame-North Carolina State game. Take a moment, uh, Matt first. Tell me what you thought about the game and your experience. Uh, in
2: Well, I mean, first and foremost, I haven't been there for a couple years. So, uh, Anthony, you have – I got to see – the stadium redone. Uh, it was absolutely awe-inspiring. If you're a Notre Dame fan, even if you just love college football, you cannot look at a stadium like that and not just say, "Oh my God, uh, it's incredible!" It was cold. It was the coldest, coldest uh, game of the year so far. It it just so happens, you know, the game that we go that I go to uh, was freezing. But that's all right. Um, it was a, a wonderful ending. Notre Dame ended up winning big. But, you know, I spoke about that game in detail for, again, a month. And I was concerned about uh, the Wolfpack because they are a quality football team. Regardless if the score, you know, shows that Notre Dame beat them up at the end, they're good. Uh, ask Anthony. He'll tell you, you know, that first half that it was a game. And their defense scared the life out of me. Uh, they had uh, opportunities offensively, defensively to win that game if they could have pulled ahead. The good thing is that the second half, the Irish came out and they dominated. They, they ran the ball well. Um, they threw well. Their defense was on fire. And, and uh, you know, it, it's a hard place to play, especially at night. And uh, I was thoroughly impressed with the Irish. I I knew uh, if they would have won that game, that that sets them up possibly for a playoff chance. And lo and behold, the giant killers of Iowa State struck again this year and took down TCU. Um, And my other team that people have issue with that I'm an Irish fan, but also a Buckeye. Uh, Tim, you'll talk about it more in depth. I'll just mention it quick. They took down the Nittany Lions, and now both our teams are are, are three and five. So I am really pumped about yesterday.
1: Yeah, it's always a special time uh, to always go to South Bend. It's a place that I had season tickets for for four years, and I've been there. Like I told my grandmother yesterday, I lost count of after a hundred. Um, it's a place that has a lot of special memories of my family uh, for decades uh, dating back to the 70s. As far as the game goes, uh, this was a tough one. It was one that on paper people just look down and go, NC State, Notre Dame, Jerome. But if you truly look at the game, NC State is going to be a tougher test than the USC. Um, they got two defensive ends in Bradley Chubb and the other kid. That are gonna be playing on Sundays. They're studs. Um, and they're ain't found out very quickly in the first half. You, you can't run to the outside against that team, they're too fast. Um get punched in the mouth and respond. Uh their punting game has been pretty solid this year, and they got a punt block in the first quarter and probably lost that game by 14 points. This year they responded back by punch against East State in the mouth, and absolutely blew in the knockout punch. Um, if he wasn't already on the Heisman ballots and the Heisman voters' minds, uh, Josh Adams cemented himself as a top three Heisman Trophy candidate, uh, single-handedly leading the Dame to another dominating performance on the ground. The sixth-ranked run defense in NC State was shredded for 300-plus yards. Um, I thought Brandon Wimbush again took a step forward. Uh, he continues to show poise. And uh, maturation in the pocket, not running as much. Uh, I like the mindset of this year's team. It's not just win. Let's dominate. Let's dominate people and make Notre Dame Stadium a feared place to play. Because teams for years there, it was a almost a vacation. Hey, Notre Dame I'm on our schedule. At Nerd let's go up there and get twenty, thirty thousand people from our team and let's celebrate. Now it's. You didn't hear much NC State chirping after the first quarter. Um, So it's a big test. It's another test pass. Uh, This week will be another test in Wake Forest. Um, Just got to take care of business and go from there.
2: You know, I just want to add one more thing. Uh, you touched on it real quick, Anthony. Special teams. I always stressed the third phase of the game, special teams. North Carolina State jumped on it, man. Their, their, their special teams was on. Notre Dame turned it around, and then theirs became uh, you know, a huge part of it. I agree. Uh that running game of Notre Dame is ridiculous. Uh, Mr. Adams is one of if, of the best running backs in the country. So uh, the Irish are a team to contend with everyone.
0: I agree. And you know what? It's going to bring a great opportunity if Ohio State and Notre Dame continue to win, possibly meet in the Rose Bowl in a uh, in a playoff game. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see.
1: How yeah, is a panic. What's Do that? you want to make Christmas dinner at the Kepley household miserable? Because my mother I mean, is already. But I understand my what My father is already dreading that potential matchup. I, I would love it. It. I would, I would
2: mean, love. You know, it.
1: Mama, I mean, know State could play. I would it My mom is already dreading it now. I mean, granted, she is already watching Wake Forest film. I kid not you not. not, she has already watched Wake Forest's offense. So, That's great. Um, but it would be a – it would be absolutely nuts around the holiday season if Ohio State and Notre Dame played and- I
2: said it yesterday. I think there's a huge possibility we might see it. And I love it because I can't lose in that game.
0: <laughs> well, I you know what? I, I've never not rooted against Notre Dame, meaning they're like kind of Matt, uh, my second or third team in a sense. I've always enjoyed watching them play. Rooted for them when they had opportunities to win championships. The only time I've ever not rooted for them is when they played Ohio State. Continuing my thing. And as I I told another friend of mine who's a huge Notre Dame fan, I look forward to the fourth straight win for the Buckeyes in that situation. But uh, we'll we'll wait and see what happens. We'll we'll wait and see what happens. we got a lot of football still to go. But I think right now with both those two schools in the situation they are in, it is possible. A huge win for the Buckeyes on Saturday behind early. Uh, Saquon Barkley is everything they've said he is. His speed and his ability to run the ball is huge. The Ohio State defensive line is everything they said they are. And everything has been written about in the second half, how they shot him down and really controlled the ball game in the fourth quarter was phenomenal. The block punt was the change game changer in my mind. It just turned over the ball on downs, and here came Penn State, three and out, and Ohio State got the block punt, and that really uh, changed the momentum of the ball game and gave Ohio State the opportunity. And then you got to give it up to uh, J.T. Barrett, who everyone who was this season after the Oklahoma game, and what he has done the last two, three weeks of the high school or college football has just been phenomenal. I mean, four touchdowns, I think over 300 yards yesterday against Penn State, led his team to victory late in the ballgame. When they needed him most, he showed up big. And, you know, that's what a quarterback does at any level, is be able to lead his team when they need it most. I will say this, the Buckeyes special teams need a lot of work on kickoff coverage. herb uh, Ir- uh, said that's his responsibility, and uh, he has failed the last few years on kickoff coverage. He has to figure that out because they have had trouble uh, stopping uh, big run returns. They had two of them in this ball game. One went back for a touchdown, and one went all the way back to the twenty yard line. And you know, give Penn State good field position; they're going to take advantage of it every time, and they did. Give credit for to Penn State the way they played the entire game. It's just. Uh, found their stride in the second half and was able to make, overcome their mistakes early and take advantage of uh, the few mistakes that Penn State made. Uh, they dominated the game, but they never took advantage of it early. Uh, when you look at the stats, I think they did, did dominate the game, but give Penn State credit where credit is due. McSurley, uh, I talked about him before, Matt. I think he's a fantastic young quarterback. He keeps showing his, uh, his abilities to make big plays. And Barkley is everything, like I said, uh, everything you've about him and more. And quite honest with you, between Barkley and Burnett, right now they gotta be one of the top two or three, maybe this previous year. I think they're both right there, and yeah. I, I would not, I won't disagree with anybody who voted for either those two uh, for the Big Ten Player of the Year type scenario because they they're both just phenomenal young men who have had great a great season so far this year.
2: Yeah, I think – Go ahead,
1: Anthony. Whenever we talk about a big-time match between top five teams, top ten teams, uh, the game doesn't live up to the hype. Yesterday lived up to the hype and more. Um, and just like last year when Ohio State lost at Penn State on a blocked field goal that changed the tide, I think Ohio State's blocked punt yesterday changed the tide. Um, And I don't know about you, Tim or Matt, but this seems very similar to the 2014 team where (laughs) Barrett looked absolutely confused in days against Virginia Tech and people were ready to run him out of town um, and bring in Cardell Jones early. And, yeah, he had some struggles the weeks after that. And the opponents, UNLV, Army, Maryland, Rutgers, they weren't great. And Wilson are getting comfortable with each other. And if it weren't for four drop passes, Meyer quoted and two penalties, Bear could have been thirty-nine of thirty nine. He was sixteen of sixteen in the fourth quarter, I believe, if uh my my memory uh recall from looking at the box. He score. only had six
0: incomplete passes last week and six incomplete passes this week. So you're right. He he has so much for uh, a kid to that can't a-
1: throw the ball downfield, huh?
0: Yeah, I tell you what, he's changing the perception really quickly. Yes, I want to let Matt. Yep, I want to let Matt go because I know he wants to watch his Steelers, and I do appreciate Matt coming on uh, the podcast uh, with us tonight. I know that's important to him. So, Matt, uh, one last thought, and then we'll uh, we'll say goodnight.
2: Thank you, I appreciate it. I just wanted to comment on the, on the Buckeyes too. You know, um, we were sitting there. Anthony you know how they were doing it they were throwing scores up on the scoreboard mm-hmm. and my friend kept hitting me and tapping me looking at the scoreboard the last time i stopped looking was it was 35-20 i said i'm not looking anymore <laughs> and then he punched me and said you got to look now and i looked and they had won and i just couldn't believe it you know i said to somebody just a few days ago actually it was yesterday i was talking to my friend on the way to the Notre Dame game i said they're reminding me of a a season that people have forgotten about already, and that's when we took it to Alabama in the playoffs and won the national championship. They're reminding me of that team. They are playing with a chip on their shoulder. They're playing angry. Mm -hmm. That's what Urban Meyer likes to have. He always quotes, I want an angry football team. Um, JT Barrett has been playing. know, Some people joke he's been there forever. Well, he has been there for a while, and I'm glad – Finally, the young man is coming into his own. He is doing amazing. I mean, don't be surprised if he goes nuts, keeps doing what he's doing, because it seems like week in and week out, he's breaking Ohio State records week in and week out. Don't be surprised if he somehow, they string together a national championship run and win, that he wins the Heisman. So let's not forget, you know, uh, how good the Buckeyes are. and, And I am thoroughly impressed. I think that they're they are they are something else and uh you know I I had a couple other things I was going to say and I forgot but you know what what more can you say than just amazing how that game turned out and and things are finally starting to come into a clearer picture with with the season and I I'm excited about it and it's just getting better and better and uh Hopefully my, my evening will uh, get better and the Steelers will look good against the Lions. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about the, the opportunity that we have next week in whatever high school game we have. And uh, when we find that out, we'll let everybody know. And I can't wait to be seated next to you two fine gentlemen and, and uh, call in another game.
0: Well, I look forward to it, hey, Matt. It should be a great uh, game next Friday, whatever game we do get. And uh, you know, it's been a, it's been another fun Sunday night talking uh, football with you. I appreciate you uh, spending uh, some time with us, and we will talk to you uh, before Friday, I'm sure. But we'll definitely see you uh, Friday for high school football on Z104. I'm we'll have some type of game this week.
2: All right, guys. Good seeing both of you. I'll
0: talk Thank to you. Soon. All right, that was Matt Hemch, and we appreciate Matt uh, spending some time with us here. Uh, he is my partner on Z one hundred and four this year in high school football, and of course, Anthony has helped us out all year long with stats. Anthony, we got another football team to talk about. Um, my alma well, mater, your honor mater. Well, I I, I could say Matt's alma mater. Your favorite college football yeah. team. A uh, very embarrassing game this past week at home. A game that uh, well I I've never seen them perform that. What do you well. say? That uh, I mean that pathetically. Uh, they lost. Why uh, is she losing thirty five nothing to Indiana State? And it's just uh, or Illinois State It's just just. And. I, I, I've, I'm i really lost for words because I've never seen that happen in all the years I've watched YSU. It's been a long time since I've seen that much of a humiliating defeat.
1: Tim, I know uh, in the short time you know me. Uh, you know how much I bleed red and white. I mean, I love – I absolutely love that program. Uh, I've had season tickets for 20 years now. It's the first – yesterday was the first time in 13 years since the Florida international game where I had tickets and I did not go. And honestly, I didn't miss it one bit.
0: Well, no, you, you chose the right game to go to.
1: It's, it's getting to the point where is our problem bigger than, I, I don't know what our problem is. You and I have talked, is it an effort problem? Is it a coaching problem? Is it a talent problem? There is something going on that you and I don't know that is – because the injuries, yes, it's a big part. um, But if this is your deepest team you've had, there shouldn't be that much of a drop-off. You've lost almost 30 sacks in four games.
0: Yeah, well, office has gone through, what, three players with injuries since the start of the season, if not four. And quite honest with you, the quarterback position is a big concern. Obviously, they lost their number one quarterback. They Mace and Davis are just a step below. There's certain things they do well, and certain things they they Don't, do not. Yeah. And uh, defenses have put them in positions where they have exploited their weaknesses. And unfortunately, the growth in that position from those two was not as high as I think everyone hoped were killers. I mean, they had a lot yep. of turnovers last yes, uh Saturday and yep. I mean, I'm not making excuses. It is what it was and they played the way they were and they deserve what they got. And I don't was really no want to it. it's You know, there's a reason why there was only about, you know, really close family uh, left in the stadium at the end of the game. Uh it was I mean, it's a 20,000 seat stadium that probably had 50 people in in the fourth quarter and I can't. That is, and I'm I'm just disappointed. Obviously, the season's expectations of the season weren't met, and expectations of what's left in the season are, are low. And it's 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 frustrating. Um, hey, they, you got no choice because your team has uh, underperformed, and I think changes will come. Now, I'm not saying Bo's going anywhere. I don't want Bo to go anywhere. I believe in Bo still. I'm not even concerned about that, so that's not what I'm talking about. But I think we're going to see changes on the offensive side of the ball, maybe even some changes on the defensive side of the yeah. ball too. But I do believe his um, half of his coaching staff will be changed next season. It's just I can see that happening. Uh, at least some of the maybe the offensive and defensive coordinator jobs may change uh, with new faces and new new philosophies next year. I don't think, uh, let me rephrase that. I don't think Polini's brother, Carl's going anywhere, but I definitely think the offense, we're going to see some changes, maybe in the offensive coordinator and maybe the quarterbacks, coaches and and stuff of that nature.
1: Yeah. um, I do think there needs to be changes made. Um, You cannot, you cannot come home on homecoming when that's, For a school like YSU, they target that game as a big game for the university. And that's a focal point. And you get embarrassed. And I think Pelini realized that it was good of Bo to come out after the game. And instead of berating and going nuts and saying this person stinks and that player stinks and this player played crappy, uh, he apologized to the university, the students, the alumni like yourself, uh, the season takers like myself. And the whole city, because for the past twenty-five years, going on thirty, uh, this program does not get blown out. Now, in '94, we won the championship. We came back in '95 and we went three and eight. Um, different circumstances, but Notre Dame last year went four and eight. Brian Kelly cleaned house with everybody, and a year later, they're seven and one, sitting in the top five. Can that happen at YSU? Like- I don't know, but it can. Listen, they're three, they're three plays, three plays from being seven to one. I don't oh, think they Bush, to beat they Oregon, had- Iowa. They should have beat North Dakota State. They should have beat South Dakota. Um, you know.
0: Opportunities to win games were there. There's no question about it. They didn't finish those games. That's why they lost. Uh, They didn't – when the game was on the line and needed to make a big play, either offensively or defensively, they weren't able to do it. That's the bottom line. You know, they went to overtime against Pitt. It was a definite opportunity to win that game. They couldn't move the ball. They didn't get it done. The same, you know, a couple weeks ago. So, it's nothing – I hate – you know, here's the thing: you have you have advantage of opportunities uh, when they present themselves, and you have to be exploitive, meaning take advantage of defenses and, and make sure your offense is in best position. Example is that is the Cleveland Browns, who every time they do get the ball into the red zone, they seem to not know what their identity is and how what they want to be and how they want to achieve uh, into the end zone. When they're inside the one, you know they're going to give it to the quarterback, and he's going to do a quarterback sneak. That's all I know about the five-yard line. Uh, They were inside the five today, and they couldn't get the job done a couple times. So, you know, it's it's just frustrating to watch teams without an identity, philosophy of who they are, and a belief of who they are. And I think the Penguins this year, unfortunately, with the injuries they've had and – Uh, the failings that they've had on offense. They they just never had an identity of what type of offense they are. Are they a running offense? Are they a throwing offense? Are they a 50-50 offense? And the question is, I'll ask you is, I don't think there's an identity for the Penguins this year. And that's exactly what I think is part of the problem uh, that they've had. They just never made that. An identity of what what type of football team they are are they a running football team or are they a throwing football team are they a team that you know does uh, both equally well and do both equally bad and that's the problem
1: yeah and if you go back and uh, think about the one word really that we've discussed when it comes to our sports teams that we love dearly. Um, the Indians and the Browns and Ohio State and Notre Dame and YSU. They all need a what? They all need an identity. The Indians found one late in the year. They're a pitching first. Defensively, their best in the AL. Yeah, it it, it, it it didn't come to fruition.
0: The Indians' identity is just that. They were pitching and scoring first. And when they and pitched they well and yep. they scored first, they won ball games. they, won games. Yep. they got behind early, they had trouble uh, getting back into the ball games and winning those, yep. they did a few of them. That's what hurt them in the playoffs. They played from behind in those games against the Yankees, and that's why they ended up uh, on the wrong side of the ledger in that series. Uh, the pitching wasn't horrible. The pitching wasn't great neither, but it wasn't horrible in the entire series. Both mm. the uh, starting pitching and the bullpen did did well enough to win ball games. it's the offense at times. Couldn't put enough runs on the board, or the the def- basically the defense let them down, which was a shocker because they were a defensive team most yep. of the year. I, we I get back to the side of at- the ledger. I'm I agree with you. I mean, teams without identities, teams without at- knowing what they want to be, uh, are tough to find winners, and you don't usually do. And the Penguins this year, to me, never had an identity of what they wanted to be as a football team, uh, both offensively and defensively. And in that process, they, they've they stumbled. And yeah, that's where they're at. That's why they've lost four in a row.
1: If you look at Pelini's track, track record to Nebraska, to YSU now on defense, he's always been a press man coverage team. Our DBs will get in your face and they'll make life uncomfortable for you hit line of scrimmage. Um, this year, I don't know if he has the same kind of trust in his defensive backs Um, but listen, I don't want to say this all in the defense because I've said for a while now, I believe there's a disconnect between Shane Montgomery and Cameron Brasillo of what the offense should be. I believe one person has one view of what the offense should be. The other has another view of what the offense should be. Um, are we a spread or are we a power team? Um, I'm going to point it out there, and you can go back and look at film. I'm not going to make my judgment of what I believe. Um, if you go back and look at film last year from when Bo vowed to fix the offense and change the offense going into the playoffs, YSU did one thing very, very well, and this year they're back to being the other thing. Um, there was a disconnect. Um, this is the first time we've gotten blown out in quite some time. Uh, It's the first time we've gotten blown out since the South Dakota State game in Polini's first year. So uh, we're competitive at least. I'm trying to find silver linings here. We're not a program that is meant to be competitive. This year we were saying eight and three is good. If you're seven and four, that's a disappointment. Now you're trying to salvage a 500 season um, and get momentum for next year. I will say this. I'm not sure uh, – listen, you want to recruit locally here. That's something we've done very well for years here. But we have to go outside the box. We have to get high school kids from down south, from the Midwest, from the northwest. Um, there are great talents here high school-wise.
0: You know what? Uh, you let me, let let me cut you next, off for a second here. Let, let, me, let me cut you off for one second. You're not, you're not incorrect. I do believe Jim Tressel's old saying, truism, was true both here at Youngstown State and at Ohio State. Uh, it was the same type of philosophy he had, and that is that there are enough players here locally to to recruit from. Uh, the state of Youngstown, as he used to call a two hundred mile radius of Youngstown, Ohio. If you drew a big circle around that, you're going to find two, you know a lot of ball players that you can recruit that can bring you in. And then you look at what Trussell used to do. He used to go down to Florida and find a lot of defensive backs and wide receivers and and uh, some speed guys that you, you would get out of there. He did the same thing in the, in Columbus. It became the state of Ohio was his recruiting base, and he went down to Florida. He went out to California and a few other places to get you know certain ball players at certain times. And that's exactly what you got to do uh, to create a ball. Uh, a recruiting base. And I think uh, Pelini and that should be able to do that. And I think, you know, with the with the backing of the university, that's going to happen. Uh, here, it's just disappointing. It's just one of those things. It was an embarrassing loss. I'm hoping that that is rock bottom for the year. And we see the football team that we expect to see most of the year. The rest yeah, of the season. it can't get any worse. I certainly hope not. I certainly hope not. Because... That was one of the most embarrassing games I've ever witnessed in the sense of uh, watching the score keep getting up and and uh, the turnovers happening. It's Look, I don't want to dwell on it. It was what it was. Let's move forward. News for YSU is the basketball program is
1: getting ready to, well, to be well, renewed. Uh, I don't know if it's good news. And get going? Uh, as of uh, when we started our podcast – YSU just lost to Niagara in a scrimmage. Now, it's a scrimmage. I want to point that out, first and foremost. It's a scrimmage. YSU gave up 120 to Niagara and lost by 26. Wow. Now, it's a scrimmage. Well, but we know the scrimmage. guys are out. It's a new system. It's a new scheme. Um, But and Niagara is, is better than we are. But we also have two starting guards out. Um and that's and a, lot a lot of points in that image, Obviously, one twenty and ninety four. You know, so the offense is there still. <laughs> wow, that's uh, you know, like I like.
0: Well, let's put it this way: it's a brand new, it's a brand new renewed program under Calhoun. We'll see how he uh, develops as the season goes on. I one thing about basketball,
1: it's a good is, thing for White. The tonight.
0: first ten games is really a measurement of yeah. trying to get your yourself. Going forward for the conference play. Yep. And then and that's what it matters most because conference play outweighs out conference play. And quite honest with you, make your, your conference tournament, get a good seating in that, and have an opportunity to make a run. Mm-hmm. Anything is possible. The more wins you have during the, your non conference season gives you a better rating and a better opportunity to make postseason tournaments. So we'll, we'll just wait and see. And uh, you know I'm just excited for the uh, of uh, you know of Calhoun coming in and doing his things, and let's see where the Penguins basketball program can go. Talk about a program that can go nowhere but up. Uh, in my opinion, that's the basketball program. Yep. Uh, so it's exciting to see the the changes that have come this off season to them, and let's see what they can achieve real quickly the dodgers are up 3 nothing wow in the uh, second court second they're starting to roll yeah they're well, starting to roll we'll see what happens i mean it's a best of 3 in that world series i know they were still playing
1: baseball anymore
0: <laughs> <laughs> i just turned it on to get the score to see what was going
1: on i did watch the last two games they were oh, great Tim, games to watch on. i did not i did not watch last night um I was watching USC when I... Oh, my... I just hate... It's like my mom said to me. She said, UFC's a swear word in our house. It's just a disgusting word to say. God, I hate that school. No, I watched uh, Southern Cal when I got back to the hotel last night after I got done celebrating. Um, And I'm not sure my mother has stopped celebrating yet. I think I still heard screaming uh, downstairs. Um, But... You know, I want to give a shout-out. If there's one person, and I want to see Nernay win a national championship so bad, and I think they got a good shot this year. Now against Alabama, I'm not sure anybody's going to beat him, but Alabama's got to play the SEC still in November. But if there's one person that deserves to see Nernay win a national championship, it's her. I mean, the passion <laughs> and excitement. She didn't sit down the whole game yesterday. She was on her feet every single play, and it was incredible.
0: Hey, you know what? That's wonderful. That's what a great thing about being a fan is. And, you know, I've told you this before, and I'll say it again, because of my over the last 25 years, I'm still a fan of, of yep. all teams and sports, but I have a different, a different viewpoint than I do. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys who's been in the press box where there is no cheering. You know, I've been in the, you know, in the press box where, you're thrilled to death that your team won. You want to get down to the uh, to the inter- interview room to talk to the head coach and stuff like that and find out what's going on, what's next, and, you know, to have them come on your show or whatever else goes on. So, you know, I just have a different perspective. Yep. Uh, a fan, in a sense, I still root for my teams. I still care. As you know, uh, yep. baseball, football, basketball yep. are my favorite passions. I, I enjoy hockey. And uh, a quick shout-out to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Like, they can't lose, baby. They
1: can't.
0: Was, I'm not a. I've said it before. I'm not a fan of any hot new
1: team.
0: I have get it the season because they were the uh, the the expansion team, and it was Las Vegas. So you well, know, Vegas happy and has I love won it.
1: More games in expansion year than the Browns have won in their last 45 games. I know. You got to. You know, it's so sad. <laughs> Uh, the Browns actually won
0: seven games in 2014 and the, yes, yeah, that was,
1: uh, how do you know they won seven? And
0: then they fired a coach that year. What a shock. They fired the coach that year too. (laughs) Oh, since then, since then they've won three and one. And they and they are they're winless this year. So you know, hey, that's, hey, that's uh, I'll, you know, what, I, let me go on a quick little diatrop since I, we brought up the Browns go. real quick. No, no, this is an honest God truth of the matter. The Browns are going to be bad as long as Jimmy Haslam continues to do what he does. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, just being a very terrible owner, uh, a guy who just does not understand the game of football. He may be a great businessman, and he may be a guy who understands how to make money and I'm not taking that away from him and what he has achieved with his pilot uh, gas stations and everything else that he may be involved in. But when it comes to hiring people to run an organization, he is piss poor at it. He has done it. He's done a a lousy job (laughs) and uh, you know what, you know, he's had three general managers and, and they all have, you know, quite honestly done uh, worse worse and worse i mean he had i mean he hired joe banner for Christ's sake joe freaking banner i mean god damn you gotta be stupid to hire him nobody fucking worse in sports than joe fucking banner and you know and then you go out and you know i could go on and on but you know here's the situation now i mean I mean, we hired a baseball guy to run our opposition. Yeah, I like D, D. Potesta, you know. He's a nice guy. guy. He he worked for the Indians at one time. You know, he had a big part in a
1: movie. He didn't know shit. You know? Uh, but, you know, he, he's a baseball guy. Hey, this baseball I mean, guy is on record yes. as saying Carson Wentz was going to be a top 20 quarterback.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know what? He, 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 yes. <laughs> he is a top 20 quarterback. He's <laughs> See, he five. Um, but you know here here's the thing you what you Deshaun
1: Watson just the, the organization
0: the organization is what it is and will continue to be until he finds someone to run it properly yep and he needs a base he needs a true football man to run it. I mean I'm not saying that they made every every decision bad but the bottom line is when you look at the Cleveland Browns and where they're at, there's only one person to point the finger at. It's not the GM. Train trust is not the coach, it's Jimmy Haslam. He's the one who's put them all in that situation. Yep. And not to blame Jimmy Haslam this season and going forward is wrong. Jimmy Haslam is the reason why the Cleveland Browns are in the situation and they are. They are actually headed in the right direction when he decided to make all the changes that he has and listen to the wrong people. What he needs to do is surrender all. You know, Goodell his office and say look
1: I Need you help need to
0: get me, Yes, you need to get me three guys who can come into this organization right now Running an organization and doing things right and bring them in now if they clean house and get a new coach And I'll start over again. Honestly God. How bad are we We're, we haven't won a game this year We have won one game in the last 26. I mean the, the truth of the matter is I don't want to start over but you have, to. It is. But you have you know, it's not that you have to, I mean, you can continue down the same road, you know, that's part of insanity and maybe that's what Jimmy Haslam has. Let's do the same thing over and over again, you know, until we get it right or, you know, see if we get different results. I don't know. It's come time. Know. It's come down to, uh, it, I don't expect this organization to be a winning organization. As long as Jimmy Haslam and D Haslam, continue to make the same mistakes. I mean, they hand this team over to a lawyer who had no football experience. Sashi Brown has never <laughs> drafted a player before he was become president of a of football operation. Nobody passed the bar exam. Yeah. Well, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Come on. It is what it is. Now, I mean... It's it's just it's disgusting that this happens, you know. And I'm, and I, you know, I used to blame Hugh Jackson, I, I, blamed Deepa Testa, and I could blame Sashi Brown. But the truth of the matter, I'm blaming them no more. I'm blaming Haslow. Uh, you know what? It starts at the top.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It starts at the top. If you know the old saying that I heard growing up. You know, it was President Truman used to say, "If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen." Haslam, right now, as a fan, if you can't stand the heat, sell the team. Yep. Because, honest to God, you don't know what you're doing. Yep. And I'm not sure you'll ever understand how to get it done. Your ego's huge. You've stayed out of the spotlight for most of the time, but when you speak, you're an idiot. So let's just move on and bring in someone new. It's time. I mean it's just time you you've proven that you failed as a NFL owner Do Cleveland a favor and sell the fucking team because you suck at this job. I'm tired of it. Yeah. There's a little explicit. I'm I'm getting a little more explicit in this podcast and I'll I'll put a little tag out at the beginning for those who are listening to it. Uh, I apologize if I offended anybody, but I'm just telling it like it is one person to blame for the Cleveland Browns and that's the owner that's Jimmy Haslam. Jimmy and D Haslam are the owners. They are the problem with the Cleveland Browns. I'll let you talk about your your lovely Denver Broncos and the ability to score points.
1: Right now, I just hope he cross midfield tomorrow before the first half. <laughs> I have no hope. Yeah, how
0: about Honestly, that, Trevor Simi?
1: I got. Oh yeah, Trevor freaking Simi. Yeah, boy. Yeah. I never thought I'd say yeah. I want Brock Osweiler. I mean, honest to God. <laughs> it could he learn- be any worse. Wait a minute, wait a minute.
0: We He once was a Cleveland Brown, and we let him go. We're paying him to be a Denver Bronco.
1: Yeah, you're paying him to well, Think about with, that. A, yeah. You ready for this? You're paying Brock Osweiler to sit behind a seventh-round draft pick from Northwestern who can't score a point.
0: I know. It is what it is. All right.
1: I've given up on the NFL. Where's my white It's house? been a crazy. I can't.
0: It's find been my a crazy podcast. House. It's been a crazy podcast. We're gonna end it on a sour note. No, we're talking not. NFL. No, we're
1: not. Three thirty <laughs> next Saturday. Nerd Inc continues their march to a playoff spot against Wake Forest.
0: There you go. I like that. I'm thought.
1: gonna go watch film on the Demon Deacons.
0: There you go. You and your mom give me a good scouting report. <laughs> Let's get back together midweek and have some fun. Uh, we'll preview our, our football game, whatever we may have yeah. on Z104. Yeah, we'll have an announcement. And yeah, we'll have an announcement. Let's, let's try to get together either uh, Tuesday or Wednesday this week. Wednesday and, night. Uh, yep. we'll uh Yeah, we'll try to – Wednesday night. Wednesday night works for yep. me. And Wednesday we'll, night, folks. we'll preview the – we'll do a, a quick preview on the high school football weekend coming up. And uh, I will – by the way, I will do my yearly prediction. Yep. I don't make predictions, I told you, but – I do do this during the high school football season. Uh, I will make my attempt every game correct in round one from division one through division seven. Wow. Now I will post it on. I we're will gonna, post it yeah, on. we
1: post this.
0: The radio, yeah. on the radio MVP sports uh, or radio MVP Facebook page. So I do it every year. I will. Uh, I, no one should attempt this than me. You got to be a professional. Try this. Uh, I try every year to go perfect. We'll see how good I do. Best I ever had is about 70% and we'll go from there. Worst I've had is probably around 35%. So we'll see exactly, uh, if it can be done. I've done it for years and a friend of mine and I used to do it every year and compare who did best. So we'll, uh, I'll, I'll put that on the uh, website hopefully, uh, in the middle of the week. I'll tell you who, uh, should win each game and, uh, we'll go on from there. We'll. Uh, we have, let's see, seven seven divisions and 28 uh regions. So do the math for me quickly here. Let's see here.
1: 96? I don't know. No, that's one. It's, it's a lot. I don't know, Tim. You lost it. <laughs> I'm a mathematician. Here, 28 times seven is 196.
0: So, yeah. We're trying to go 196 okay. and 0. I used to try to go 144 years ago, and then they kind of kept changing it on me. So, one ninety six and zero is is the challenge, uh, and in, uh,
1: in the eighth percentile, I'm calling I'll Dr. Dan Ross to give you a job.
0: I'll be actually and thrilled Joe with sixty percent. Joe Idol
1: will have competition finally.
0: No, 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 no. Joe Idol does his own thing. Thank God for him. Oh, by the yeah, way, I hope those Joe enjoyed post a a pre post a uh, a Joe Idol uh, playoff. Preview uh, just the other day. We went through each bracket and the possibilities. They were all unofficial. Some of them were uh, incorrect just because they were still games to be played, but uh, we're not going to worry about that. Uh, the scoreboard show will be coming up here shortly. Matter of fact, when we get done with this, I'm going to work on that uh, to finish that up. We're going to get them both posted hopefully tonight. This uh, podcast and uh, the scoreboard show. So you want to take a listen to that as we will have highlights from our Gerard Liberty game and scores from around the Valley and from Western Pennsylvania. So a thought before we uh, close the night.
1: Yeah. I just want to send a, a quick congratulations to my cousin at Canfield. Uh, he's a, an assistant offensive line coach on the undefeated team this year. Uh, the number one seed in region nine, I believe nine. they're in nine. Uh, they got a gauntlet of a region. Uh, But anything can happen in Week 11, and I think they, uh, if they stay healthy, keep playing their game, uh, they got a good shot to end up in Canton Week 15. Uh, So just a quick congratulation to him on a huge accomplishment and a 38-0 beatdown of Poland. If Poland didn't want to play Canfield any longer, I don't think they won't have any hopes of playing them again in the near future. An impressive showing. You have uh,
0: opportunity. If you have an opportunity to go to Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Five-star ratings are appreciative. One or 2 sentence reviews would be just fine as we try to move up the range there. Tell your family and friends about this podcast if you enjoy it. A lot of information gets out each and every week <laughs> with Anthony and I here on the Sports Podcast. We have the, the football show with Matt Ems most weekends and the scoreboard show plus my one-on-one uh, podcast a lot of a lot of great podcasts there from radio MVP go to our website radiomvp.com you can always fill out a on each and every podcast whatever you may choose to do and again if you get this through Apple go, go to Apple podcast and give us a five-star rating if you would please we would greatly appreciate it. So for Anthony and Canfield, I'm Tim and Borman. We'll catch you all later in the week here on Radio MVP Sports Podcast.
3: Peace.
1: Peace.